And now, it's time for the Shake and Blake Show live on Wildcat 91.9. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake and bake! Shake and bake. Shake it, bake it! Does that feel good? Yeah. It rhymes. They're both verbs. Awesome. Blake Crawford. The Shake and Blake Bowl. It's at Bell Snyder Family Stadium. It's just our faces on center field. John Grove. If everyone stays healthy, th- this team could go really far. Bring you all things K-State sports and even more. And it's Shake and Bake time. Columbia, the quarterback, is in the end zone, and he'll hand it off here, and K-State may have gotten a safety. A tackle in the end zone. It is a safety for the Wildcats. They tried to hand the ball off, and Sir Roderick Thompson could not get out of the black end zone there, and the Wildcats trap him for a safety to make it 24-12. to That's a significant play. not get the ball out of the goal line. By rule, this is a safety. Nice. How about that? Could it be a safety? There it is. Yep, it is. And it's Azuma. And Unity Azuma, 91, that made the play. All I've been screaming about this name, Felix and Udika Uzama. He blew up the plate, but not only did he blow up the plate in K-State, he blew up the plate in the end zone. Look at the ref. This is the most beautiful thing you can see a ref do as a defensive lineman come from the side, throwing up the safety side, make a play. Matter of fact, my man, the offensive lineman, he was holding, but it ain't nothing you can do with <laughs> a big man ball. Second and three. Up in the nice. RPO. Deuce. Touchdown. How about that? Felix, Felix, and, and Unike at Azuma. And, and, and a dookie? Udama, Unike, Azuma. What, what the big play right there? Oh, Timmy, never change. Anyways, welcome to the Shake and Blake Show live here on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Blake Crawford alongside John Grove, as always. That's now, right. John, we just had a blast on the Laney and Haley Show um, getting our knowledge tested of pop culture. I think we did better. I did better than I expected. I, it, took, um, it, it took a while for me to settle in, but... Then I then I got good when I got cooking right after right after one of their breaks. You know, John, it was kind of like the Texas Tech game last year for mm. K State. You know, I was Texas Tech, you were K State. You know, I got off to a pretty good start, two and a half point to half two point lead. You know, um, at halftime, and then you came out. You know, made a few big plays. You know, named some um, stars of the you know some Kardashians and some um, stars on the show Friends. Um, you know, you mentioned the the Kanye West Taylor Swift thing at the VMAs. So I mean, you kind of pulled up clutch. Uh, I think it ended in a tie, actually. It ended in a tie. Yeah, yep. we had, it was pretty. It was intense, y'all. Let me tell you. Um, so we both got a great prize um, that you can find on the Wildcat ninety one nine Instagram. Uh, we're both Laney and Haley's number one fans. So. We are. We are definitely their, their biggest fans. Anyways, yeah. Now. Let's get into what we're doing here, John. If you haven't listened before, we're a K State sports podcast. Talk things all K State sports: men's basketball, football, volleyball, soccer. And anything in between. We got a great show lined up for you. Um, we're going to preview Texas Tech with some help from um, some great people at 88.1 The Raider uh, down in Lubbock. They're going to give us, you know, an idea of what can we can expect on Texas Tech. Got some Wildcat headlines. Um, big recruit 
uh, done by Jerome Tang and the gang for men's basketball, what volleyball and soccer have been up to. We go around the Big 12, other games that are happening there, give our keys to victory and a score prediction. And if you're waiting for Wamego High School football at 7 p.m., we're going to spend the last five minutes of our show previewing that and their matchup with Field Kinley. But, um, John, I mentioned the Texas Tech game last year. I obviously threw some highlights in, uh, most notably the Felix and UDK Uzama safety Um I think it was a big turning point last year for K-State after a loss to Oklahoma and Iowa State. You manage, you start off terribly with a 14-0 deficit, but you make a big comeback. You win 25-24 and proceed to win three more games after that. I think this is a pivotal game this year, too, except you're, it's a little bit different because you're coming off a big win against OU, as Texas Tech is as well against yeah. Texas Tech. So both teams riding pretty high. But, um, I mean, these are the games you're supposed to win. We're a touchdown favorite. If we can, you know, do what we need to do and, you know, do the things we did against Oklahoma, do that, do that against Iowa State, go into the bye week 3 no, we're setting ourselves up for a real shot at Arlington. I mean, it was pretty much the exact opposite last year. Both teams were on the losing streaks. Texas Tech was on the verge of firing Matt Wells. And K-State started off really slow, you know, but, but the uh, muffed kickoff return, Texas Tech recovered it. They, they're up 14-0, like, five minutes into the first quarter it was it was about to be disastrous but um but the felix the felix sack uh, i believe midway what was it like 12 minutes left 12 in the minutes third quarter left about. in the third quarter that was that was the momentum shift right there and k-state really took the advantage especially when it came to connecting uh especially when it came to connections between Skylar thompson and deuce yeah. Bond, which ultimately won the game and ended matt wells career because i mean k-state three and outs i think on their first they start the fourth quarter the third quarter off with the ball they three and out ty zender gets a great punt pins them yep. deep i think one of the first plays of their drive that safety happens it's a huge momentum shift but um let's get on to this year john now um we're gonna you know do keys to victory and a score prediction later on in the show and we're about to get our uh, preview of texas tech with the people from 88.1 the raider but uh, let's just let's just start here, John. Uh, Adrian Martinez is I mentioned it in the interview with uh, guys the eighty point one the Raider, but it's been a bit of an enigma. Um, struggled a little bit against South Dakota, Missouri, but those were justified. Really struggled against Tulane, and then had the game of his life, one mm-hmm. of the best games of his career. Which actually he mentioned it was the first time his family got to see him at K State was that Oklahoma game. So a really special moment for him to do that in front of his family. But uh, what are like reasonable expectations for Adrian Martinez coming into this game, having seen the lows and the highs so far this season? Well, I think for the most part, continuing the momentum continue to cut things loose we mentioned back um after the two lane game chris Kleiman points out that they're going to try and and let it rip at times and take take further risks down the field and we saw that more often um against oklahoma especially in the first drive um where he was connecting uh, for the most part to benson and on a few receptions um it's just some of the little factors especially with a run game you know he's going to really have to Really get the juice going because Texas Tech, they're going to do a great job at, stop, at stopping Deuce Vaughn. Um, so for the most part, the, the game may hinge from, uh, on Adrian Martinez. But if you're a K-State fan, you're hoping for kind of the same type of outlook you're, you, you saw against Oklahoma. Now, before we get to our interview um, with some Texas Tech people, 88.1, the Raider here in a moment. Um, Drake Cheatham, just to give some injury updates. Drake Cheatham, uh, who got a little bit banged up last week, will play. Um, Nate Matlack, who suffered an injury against Tulane, played a couple snaps against Oklahoma. He's not 100%, mm-hmm. but he is going to play on Saturday. And unfortunately, John, Andrew Langang, yeah. uh, one of our rotational offensive line pieces, is going to be out indefinitely with some sort of metal condition. Um, so we wish him the best, but it's a big loss. We're going to rely guys like 
um, Gavin Delforge and Carver Willis, two of our kind of backup centers. Already losing Taylor Portier, you know, Cooper Beebe was a little banged up. Hadley Panzer's a little banged up. Mm-hmm. But the offensive line, I mean, still has been absolutely phenomenal. Haven't given up a sack since the South Dakota game. And it's been nothing short of an amazing performance from them so far this season in the past pro, at least. And just a lot more impressive blocking in yeah. the Oklahoma game. They created a lot more gaps, especially on that third and 16 for Martinez, where he ran, what was it, like 55 yards? I mean, they they exposed the Oklahoma D-line right there. And, they, and for the most part, they also just f- continue to find ways to... Um, get get Deuce Vaughn through through the open gaps um, in order for him to create some more entertaining plays for for our sake. So um, it, it, it's it's definitely getting to the point. Like as we approach later, further end of the season, I think we're like thirty three percent through the season already. Um, but as we get continue further, it's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of depth concerns, um, especially when it comes to the injuries. They're gonna start piling up here um, if if nobody continues to remain healthy. Yeah, it'll definitely be a problem if that continues to happen. Now, let's go ahead and take a short break, John. But when we come back, yesterday we got the chance to talk with Nathan Bowles, Colin Lee, and Christian Hay over at 88.1 The Raider to help us preview Texas Tech up next year on The Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John. All right, Nathan Bowles, Colin Lee, Christian Hay, all joining us here to help us preview Texas Tech. All y'all from 88.1, the Raider down there in Lubbock. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, let's start out here. Um, obviously, you know, get a bowl win last year, but obviously there's some big changes. Head coach Joey McGuire now, um, head coach at Texas Tech. Kind of talk about that change in coaching and how you've seen it gone so far this season. I think really um... – once once Matt Wells was fired, and y'all should remember that game uh, pretty well. Uh, <laughs> oh, we how, do. How that went down last year. Um, Wells was fired very shortly after, and then Sonny Cumbie came in, pump Jack mentality, interim head coach. He's now Louisiana Tech. Um, but Jerry Maguire was hired not too long after that, and I just remember going to the introductory press conference and the energy he brought. I mean, he started with a Raider power chant, like just right off the bat. And it feels like that energy has never stopped. And everybody, the fan base has bought in, the players have bought in. And we're seeing that play out on the field too. We're seeing it play out in the recruiting rankings first. I mean, you're talking a class of what, 80th in the country, went up to something in the 40s <laughs> in just a couple months. And this year's recruiting class is good. But then on the field, you watched him play Houston and go down, find a way to come back. You watched him play UT and be down and find a way to come back. And those are games we weren't winning last year. Again, y'all know about the last one like that. So um, it's just really been refreshing to see somebody like Joey McGuire really buy and have everybody buy into him and what he's done. It's just really refreshing to see. Yeah. Nathan mentioned the buy-in and it was like, as soon as he was on campus, like he was at the basketball games, he's getting everyone going at basketball games. And I remember looking at my roommates, I was like, dude, if, he, if I didn't know this guy's like background before he got here, I would have said this guy's been a Red Raider for life. He went here. He grew up out in West Texas being going to the Texas Tech games. Like he just seems like the most Texas Tech guy, pro Texas Tech guy you could find. And it's, he's fitting in perfectly right now. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I was just going to say definitely the biggest thing he's brought is the culture change. Um, and yeah, on the field, like it's mo- it's a lot of the same players that were playing last year, but they 
seem to just be playing with more energy. Like they actually have souls now. Uh, just the last few seasons just seemed a little bit dead at times. Um, definitely not the case this year. I'd like to say Reggie Pearson off of that. Reggie Pearson, who was co-defensive Big 12 player of the week, he said on media day that this feels more like a team and not just a collection of players. And I think that's really on Joey McGuire and the whole staff. It's really interesting that you guys talk about Joey McGuire in that way. Cause I think, I don't know if this, if you think of this, John, but it immediately makes me think of the K-State men's basketball program and what Jerome Tang yeah. has done for us. We obviously haven't played any games yet, but he's made a huge culture change. You mentioned his introductory press conferences. Uh, Jerome Tang's was electric, you know, everything he's done. He's at every football game. He's at volleyball games, huge presence on social media. Um, so I, it's kind of a similar thing that I'm, I'm getting from Joey McGuire to Texas Tech. But one thing I would also point out, what's also similar to Jerome Tang and um, Joey McGuire, both have uh, backgrounds down in Waco, Texas at Baylor, where they've been a part of um, so many successful um, athletic teams down there. You know, you mentioned Scott Drew winning a national championship back in 2020. Um, and then you, then you see Dave Aranda. He works his magic over at Baylor after, after struggling in his first year. He rebounds back, wins the Big 12. Um, the following year so that, it's great seeing be, these guys take the next step and becoming the next head coaches for both squads um, and you know especially for Texas Tech which I, I really think has kind of gotten the, the lower end has kind of been on the lower end on the football spectrum since um, since y'all had Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Wills for the most part but there's definitely been a lot more excitement a lot more reasons to to find ways to to fully pack the stadiums for a lot of these big games and <laughs> I don't know if it's just you guys but y'all already stormed the field tw twice now I mean is, is it, is it going to be the, the case every game or yeah we're a little bit extra down here so <laughs> honestly it wouldn't surprise me yeah I'm not gonna lie that 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 might be extra but uh I can justify the last one uh, <laughs> you know, pretty well. I don't. I don't know if UT is going to be back for a while, so I, I can justify that yeah, one. That's Obviously, fine. You know, Houston, though, I admit that. Well, it was like our first stadium. Like it was our first like ranked win in a while, so people it was, were really excited. And it was it was really McGuire's first test, you know, where he showed kind of who he was. We were coming off a, a blowout of Murray State the week before. It was like sixty three to seven or something yeah, like that. You're like, that oh. Was, yeah, this is exciting. And then, boom, all of a sudden, Houston ranked game, game two. And then McGuire and the staff really showed out that game as well. You know, people are excited. But the, the stadium is full for the first time in years, you know, and completely full. The Houston game was pretty full from till like halftime. People started leaving at halftime. And that's definitely not what happened this past week against Texas. You know, hopefully – you know, we keep, or not we, the team keeps, you know, bringing that energy, bringing good games, you know, filling out the stadium for the whole time. Yeah, I think that $50,000 fine was probably some of the best $50,000 your athletic department has ever spent. Uh, Citibank. 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 Oh, yeah, that was oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have to pay anything. Longtime corporate partner, uh, Citibank, <laughs> a local bank here in Lubbock picked it up for us, which was very cool. <laughs> that is awesome. It's great that you talk about kind of the, the fan bases, because I think there's kind of a similarity between K-State fans and Texas Tech fans. I mean, at least on, on our side on Twitter, you know, it's not Texas Tech hate week. It's Texas Tech, you know, dislike week. I think there's kind of a I, I like to put it that the Texas Tech fans and K-State fans are both a pretty similar kind of crazy, um, maybe somewhat similar college towns. I don't know if you could talk about kind of the camaraderie 
between fan bases from your perspective? I think that Tech and K-State, to the wider view of college of the college football world, they're viewed in like the same tier, right? Like they're never going to be a crazy powerhouse blue blood program, but they're also usually pretty relevant. And so I think in that sense, the fans kind of rally around the same thing of like, hey, we're not going to win natties, but we can be crazy and wild and we can pull off some cool stuff. And so I think there's a lot of parallels there. And and really for an opponent like Texas, you know, K-State, they'll always have their biggest rival, KU, come into town. It gets hostile. It gets absolutely insane. And and, and every time when I see Texas Tech play some of the other Big 12 teams, it's, it's kind of a, a similar vibe. But once when Texas comes into town, like the fan base just becomes absolutely – they, they just go berserk, whether it's basketball, seeing y'all fill up, the, fill up the arena. I mean, and I think Rick Flair was there as well. Uh, <laughs> he was. That as well. Two, <laughs> yeah, just little, little note the, there, 2-0 when Rick Flair was in Lubbock. No big deal. <laughs> so he's actually coming to Manhattan this weekend as well, I heard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Your good luck charm. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So what what is really like what really stands out to the Texas matchup compared to the rest of the Big 12 matchups, given that Texas is going to the SEC here pretty soon? I'd start by saying, first of all, they're Texas, right? If you're in the Big 12, you've been in the Big 12, Texas and OU, they're the schools with the targets on their back. So it's always exciting when they come to town. On top of that, the in-state stuff. Um, and then in terms of basketball. Our old head coach, Chris Beard, going to Texas, that really just threw gasoline on the fire. So that made it even more crazy. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I'd start there is that it's Texas. Yeah, we, we made a video around Raiderville before that basketball game uh, that was here in Lubbock. And uh, we asked people if you could say one thing to Chris Beard, what would it be? And we had to do a lot of editing after that. Uh, to to clean that up but it, there really is just a lot of energy around the UT matchup there always has been and now with them leaving possibly after this season it just gets taken to a whole new level and it is kind of looking almost up at them and wondering and or even down at them and wondering how do you have that much money and yet you still have six and six seasons right five and seven seasons I mean just stuff like that and kind of just being able to always get one on them and this feeling, even if it's not always true, that they kind of look down on us. And that yeah. just really feeds into the whole thing, especially with them now leaving for the SEC. There's that feeling that they just think we're here and they're here. And we uh, try to show them every time that uh, that's not the case. You know, and especially them coming like this time, you know, like Nathan just mentioned, probably the last time they'll be here. And we hadn't beat them in Lubbock since, oh, wait, the Crabtree catch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's, a, such a long time ago, you know, people coming back to the games thinking this is going to be the one, this them, this will be the one, then we just haven't done it. And then finally beating them, you know, sending them out to the SEC, perhaps, you know, it was just fantastic for the fan base that and the culture that, that McGuire is trying to build out here. Yeah. I, just to mention on that basketball game, that, that Texas, Texas, that basketball was one of the most electric games of basketball I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that crowd brought so much energy to the game. You could feel, I could feel it here in Manhattan, Kansas. That was just so awesome. I mean, I have fond memories looking at that game and I didn't have a, you know, like, a, a, you know, I didn't care about either team really. I was rooting for Texas Tech, obviously, because screw Thank Texas. You. I mean, because <laughs> I, I think 
Texas Tech and K-State both kind of represent the like antithesis of Texas of doing, you know, more with a lot less while Texas has top 10 recruiting classes every year and they can't seem to put it together. They have the best facilities. It's just, it's just, I can't imagine rooting for a team like that. But uh, anyway, we've talked, we've trashed on Texas enough. Let's, let's get to some Texas Tech football. We'll start with offense and then go to, go to defense. Um, so obviously Donovan Smith at quarterback this year. Uh, there was a little bit of a battle, but uh, I think your backup quarterback is out for the year, as far as I know. No, Tyler Shuck was a yeah. starter, and he was kind of okay. clearly the starter. But yeah, he he's not going to be out for the year. They're okay, going to evaluate, probably. I think, around the West Virginia game. Okay, um, which is in three weeks, so kind of reevaluate. Could be back around midseason-ish, but yeah, it's, it's Donovan Smith stepping in for Shuck. Okay, right that's interesting. Okay, well, yeah, that makes thinks quite interesting if he were to come back when he comes back. But anyway, um, just give us a little preview of this Texas Tech offense and what K-State fans should expect. All right, so Texas Tech, the offense that they run, it's very, very fast. They go no huddle like no other, um, even faster than a lot of other fast-paced teams. They're up, up at the line uh, quick. Um, they like to throw the ball around a lot. Donovan Smith has hit. 50 plus pass attempts in just about every game um and so it's all about quick hits they do a lot of screens and then they'll try to take the top off downfield eventually but they also do mix in quite a few runs and they've been pretty effective in that sense so it's like they use a lot of short passes and the screen game and the hurry up to kind of open up more gaps in the run game um but bottom line they're just extremely fast and they just try to they just try to get lined up quickly and make sure the defense stays on their heels and they can't get subs in and can't get more complicated calls in. Yeah, like this past week, I think they ran like 102 plays or so on offense against Texas. And it was really split like 50-50 between passing and running. And now some of those were runs that weren't designed runs, you know, maybe Smith scrambling out of the pocket or whatnot. But, you know, last week at least was a very balanced offense and kind of showed like the running game kind of has it as well. I think one thing is that <clears throat> they knew coming in, Sir Roderick Thompson and Taj Brooks are running backs are two of the best players on offense. So even if you have kind of an air raid offense, you have to figure out how to use them. And with Donovan Smith, the quarterback, you've got to make sure he uses the ball and he get and he uses his legs as well. And sure enough, he ran the ball 15 times last game. That was one of the big changes you saw is even designed runs for him, including the very first touchdown. And also they use the middle of the field more early on. We were wondering why Zach Kittley, our offensive coordinator, wasn't maybe calling plays and Smith maybe wasn't attacking the middle of the field. You saw a lot more of that. Miles Price had 13 catches in the slot receiver position. So I think Texas Tech will continue to do that because they saw that work really well against UT and had a lot of problems against Houston and NC State not doing that. Well, and they can really attack the middle of the field with a, a good tight end room that we have here as well with Tharp, who's 6'9", and Cup, who's also not a, a tall and stature guy, but a big guy, right? And then um, Teeter, who's coming back. He's kind of a fullback tight end combination as well. You know, just a big guy that can do some damage in the middle, physical presence. Yeah, and, and just to add on to the rest of their, like, personnel, so far this year, Miles Price, slot receiver, he's been the guy through the air. Um, but we also have guys, young players like Jared Bradley stepping up as that 
kind of wide out role. Same with the, we have load fungi. Fungi is out there at wide out too. There's a lot of speed and route running out there. We don't really have a physical, I'm going to just body someone up guy, but there's a lot of speed and deep sets out there. So there's a lot of spacing that ends up in place. Now, based on what I've heard, the um, offensive tackle that Felix and Udike Uzama, um, quite frankly, embarrassed uh, last year, he graduated, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> dang. Well, well, we got him one time. So, um, so but the first thing that I but I thought of when looking back at this Texas and Texas Tech matchup, it's mainly about the run defense. You know, Texas Tech they held Bijan Robinson to 103 yards on 16 carries, and then then overtime came. Obviously, Bijan muffed the ball late in the game. Now we're dealing with a player who pretty much carries the football like a little toddler, hoping it will not fall down. What do you what What do you think Texas Tech has to ultimately do in order to try and stop a run for the most part? Um, so a, a huge thing for Tech on defense this week is going to be staying within assignments and eye discipline. So as we understand, you know, you guys have Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez. There's a lot of option stuff going on. So it's going to be up to a lot of the guys up front, especially on the edges, to understand their assignment and not fall for those fakes. And just if they have the pitch guy, stay on the pitch guy. If you have the keeper, stay on the quarterback. Like they just have to be disciplined. Yeah, you mentioned the the run. I'm just looking here at like a little packet that we got ahead of the K State game, and it's it's from Texas Tech football. An average of 99.8 yards per game is what the Tech defense is allowed on the ground and only 399 throughout the entire season. So a really good run defense thus far against two really good runners this weekend. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that they held Bijan to about 103, and one of those was on a 48 run. So if you take that off, I mean, they pretty much kept Bijan in check, and that's what helped the Tech defense really keep them in this game. The offense, of course, didn't make mistakes, but the defense played well. I think Tyree Wilson's, a name to watch. I mean, he may be a first-round draft pick. We'll see um, by the time the draft comes around how that goes. But really, that whole line, Tony Bradford, Jalen Hutchings, and the linebacker, Krishan Merriweather, is the one who forced that fumble, and he's been really good all season and at that linebacker spot. All right, let's go ahead and get into this uh, K-State-Texas Tech matchup and how it, you see it on your side, like how you kind of perceive what K-State's strengths and weaknesses are and maybe what you're looking for in Texas Tech to pull out a victory on the road. Yeah, like Colin mentioned, a dual-threat quarterback. Or McGuire mentioned it, but Colin touched on it just for a second, like a two-pronged attack. McGuire said earlier, it's like facing a triple option offense almost, you know, with Deuce Vaughn and Adrian Martinez, just eye discipline off the charts, like Colin mentioned a second ago. And I think if we can do that, I think we'll be fine. But obviously, that's a hell of a lot easier said than done, right? Especially in the heat of the moment. You know, you're looking for the guy, and he, he looks like a, a clean tackle that you can have right there. Boom, little pitch off to the side, and it's, it's 10, 15 yards all of a sudden. So if, if Tech can keep their eyes, like, on their assignments, like Colin mentioned, I think they'll be all right on the defensive perspective. They got to stay on their assignments, and I think a big key for them, and this is going to sound so cliche and obvious, but really limit that ground game. And if you can force K-State to play a game that they don't want to play, where maybe Martinez 
has to sit back there and just survey the field because maybe they're down or just the run game isn't working. I think that's where Tech on the defensive side can find an advantage. If they can somehow get the game to a place where K-State can no longer just ground and pound and play at their own pace. I think really we want to see, we know how good Deuce Vaughn's going to be. Um, we want to see kind of how Adrian Martinez does and if he's taking that step or if he just had a great game. We're, we're interested to see that. Um, we want to kind of force Martinez to have a great game like that. If he has a great game, I'll be honest, y'all probably got it. Um, but if he's really that guy now, but if he's not, then let's try to force him to force him into situations where he's, he's having to throw the ball a lot. From a K-State side, it's just, it's just so weird. You know, the enigma of Adrian Martinez, cause coming in, you know, he was this big play guy, you know, he had a ton of turnover issues at Nebraska. He comes into K-State. You know, the first two games, we don't have a passing game at all. We had some decent excuses. We come into Tulane, and it's just check down city. Nobody's open down the field. We refuse to throw the ball down the field. There were tons of questions about, you know, um, Adrian's aggressiveness, whether he was timid, he was worried about making turnovers. You know, he has one of the worst games of his career against Tulane, and he turns around and easily has the best game of his career at, on the road at Oklahoma, you know, with five touchdowns total. So it's, are we going to get, I don't know which Adrian Martinez we're going to get. Um, so, I mean, at least from a K-State side, it's, 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 it's an enigma for us too. We have no clue what we're going to get out of Adrian Martinez. What would you say um, in terms of, well, we'll flip the question. What would you say about, from the K-State perspective, what is the, what would their keys against Tech be? Like, what's the perspective of Tech from the K-State side over there? I think for, for, to start things off, I think Adrian Martinez really has to get going early um, and build off of what he of uh, last week's performance against Oklahoma. You know, K-State Bay lead for Big 12 in rushing yards per game at nearly 250 yards. But this is going to be a big opportunity for Martinez to fling it around more often. Texas Tech's best defense, from what I'm looking at, has been one of the worst so far in the Big 12. So really an opportunity for not only him, um, but for, what, for some of the wide receivers um, to start getting more connections. Um, as as the offense continues to build momentum. Yeah, I, I think for K-State, it's it's pretty simple. I mean, we've really not turned the ball over at all over the season. We need to continue doing that. Penal I mean, Oklahoma just shot themselves in the foot over and over again last week with penalties, which really helped us. So if we can just do K-State stuff, you know, um, not turn the ball over, not commit penalties, we'll be fine. I think our secondary um, is going to be put to the test this week. Definitely. Um, our biggest question coming into this season was our safeties. We had two transfers, Kobe Savage and Josh Hayes, but they've really turned out to be some of the best players on this defense. Um, Echo Boydo and Julius Brantz, our other two defensive backs, are really strong coverage corners. But, you know, feel a run a bunch of quick game stuff, making those open field tackles is going to be a really important. Our secondary has been up and down. I mean, we've seen them play great games. I feel like Houston, we played well. NC State, we played okay. We watched them, though. Honestly, Murray State, we were kind of scared. It's like, um, this secondary is letting Murray State that yeah. offense push down field. We were a little worried, and then their QB got hurt, and that kind of cooled off. Um, against UT, it felt like they played okay, but they did after Tech came back from 14 down, then went ahead with a field goal, 21 seconds, let UT get in field goal range. It was like, yeah, Hudson Card had to make kind of a goblin throw, but still it was, as, as Colin said really earlier, but it's just the secondary can be a little suspect. Texas Tech so I agree if Martinez has can figure out how to attack that then 
y'all will probably be okay. Yeah, I'll just Wait, say that, I'm not, sorry, Colin. Go ahead. Oh, go. Yeah, I was just gonna say the secondary for tech this season has had a tendency to get their eyes lost in the backfield, which is typical they've been a lot better in the last weeks, but that's a mistake that they can't afford to keep making as the season progresses. Like if I'm not mistaken, uh Martinez hasn't thrown a pick all season yet, has he? No, he hasn't. He's only yeah. thrown one that was close. Um, it was at the beginning of that OU game. He fumbled the ball uh, one time, I think one time against um, South Dakota, but it was recovered. So, yeah, he hasn't turned the ball over at all. Um, I mean, a lot of people coming into the OU game were actually like, let's just, you know, just throw a pick, just get it out of the way, not worry about it. But uh, he didn't need to throw a pick, I guess, to have the game of his life. And, and K-State's offense, for the most part, they can take a turnover too with the way the defensive line has been extremely solid up front that could cause havoc against the Texas Tech backfield. Um, so kind of looking at some stuff like that. Did, we, could have, we could have used a turnover too, but thankfully we didn't have to for the most part. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get some score predictions from you guys. You, you're allowed to pick – I know this you're on our show, but you know, you're allowed to pick Texas Tech to win. But uh, <laughs> let's get some score <laughs> predictions, maybe just you know, one quick thing, you know, why, uh, you know, how you think Texas Tech will win this game. I can start. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick. I'm going to go ahead and pick Kansas State. Even though I don't want to, right? I'm going to pick Kansas State 27 to 24 just because this tech team, they haven't been on the road much. When they were, it was a tough game against NC State. So I want to see how they respond to being in a hostile environment again. Um, they had to simplify the offense a little bit in terms of play calls for Donovan Smith against UT last week. So I want to see how that system of play calling translates on the road. And I just have a feeling the, uh, just being on the road, having a bunch of still moving parts, they have not dominated a game yet. They're still coming together. I just think Kansas State is the more well-rounded team, more together team, if that makes sense. Like they've, they've had more time on the field together. And they have more of an identity than Tech does right now. I'll go. Uh, I'll, I'll actually also pick K State. Uh, Thirty-one twenty-four. You guys are too nice. Tankley, guys... Tankley covering nice. the spread though. Tankley covering the spread. Um, and and I kind of think same thing as Colin. I think the Tech offense could be a little bit more inconsistent. I don't know if Donovan Smith is going to have another game like that where he doesn't throw a pig, doesn't have a single turnover. Um, I do wonder if K-State will maybe get them into a couple situations. And then I think the Kansas State offense, I think Deuce Vaughn will do enough. And if Tech does turn the ball over, it does it won't necessarily take a lot from y'all's offense to maybe even get in the field goal range and then even score touchdowns. So that's why I picked 31-24 K-State. Yeah, I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> I mean, they they're 9-1 and against – Heck. Yeah, the there, there is the also there years. is also the hesitation just because we <laughs> haven't seen this K State or Tech B K State in a while, especially in Neither so you, but you know. Anyways, in the past two or three years, the the Red Raider running backs have really been able to do some work against K State, and it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, John, you just mentioned the defensive line. If if they do bring a lot of backside pressure, I think y'all should have no problem because that's been one of the things Smith has struggled with this season is feeling backside pressure, knowing when to throw, knowing when to run, you know, but if, if 
the, the offensive line's able to keep that at bay a bit. I think the Red Raiders would be all right. I think it would be a pretty high-scoring game. I'm thinking like 52 Red Raiders, uh, 47 K-State. I mean, Man, really? Going... Oh. Hey, boy, you don't like that. Like a fun game. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, Martinez and Deuce Vaughn, a dynamic duo. They're both coming off really good games against OU. I mean, Texas Tech's offense coming off of a good game against Texas. And I think two huge confidence boosters as well for both programs. You know, if they're both able to keep that right, and I don't see why not. I just yeah. like to say Texas Tech always underachieves against Kansas State. We overachieve against Oklahoma State. We got that next week. Uh, <laughs> hopefully that, that stays in tune because we know how good Oklahoma is. Well, we think we know how good Oklahoma State is. They haven't played anybody, but that's for that's for next week for us. But, yeah, we haven't never really seen Tech BK State in a while. So we'd obviously like that to change, but we're not uh, – at least Colin and I aren't uh, too naive. We exist that. on planet Earth still. <laughs> Christian probably does too, but he's just uh, – He's just trying to be positive, but I understand that. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I do a think Tech can fan work. of the program, you know. In the in the past 14 of the past 17 meetings, the Red Raiders have thrown for at least 300 yards as well. Wow. So that'll be interesting to see how Smith handles the pocket pressure as well. Yeah, there was like a – I think there was a 52 to 45 game in like 2015, I want to say. There was a really high-scoring game that Casey did with Tech. I think it was Joe yeah, Hubner. In- in 2015, it was 59-44. And Ooh, then what that was, 16? was uh, that, that's... 16 was 38-44 K-State. The first one was Texas Tech. The past couple of years, haven't gotten above 31 points, and that was a K-State 10-point victory, 31-21. Okay. So we're looking to break the cycle here. You know, we're finna yeah. put up a lot of points. I mean, Ever. Yeah. I mean, 52 to – 49 or I mean what was it like 59 44 in 2015 I mean that was that was classic big 12 defense <laughs> at its finest right there classic uh, Texas Texas Tech too. score all those points to lose yeah because that was a Cliff Kingsbury yeah. and Patrick Mahomes years yeah, yeah. But look, six and six with Pat nice job guys. but you know it hadn't, all been, <laughs> it hadn't all been high scoring matchups between our two schools you know there was a 6-0 Texas Tech win that was in uh 1920? Yeah, 1933. You know, take that into account how you want to, but I could see that, you know, carrying over into this matchup. History has a tendency to repeat itself. It's crazy. You know, that's something we didn't even mention when talking about the fan bases that we're both kind of united, at least. Well, John's a Broncos fan, you know, feels bad for him. Oh, so is Colin. Oh, wow. Y'all can hang out in your oh, misery together. Oh yeah, we can. Yeah, Broncos country. Let's play defense. We can. We can. We can embrace in the pain of our offensive line and our play calling together. <laughs> yes, and clock. And clock man. I was about to say, y'all's clock man. special. I was just gonna say we're both we're all we're both united by our love of Patrick Mahomes. For most of us in the Kansas area, at least, you know. Uh, <laughs> did yeah. he, I didn't even think about that for some yeah. reason. <laughs> Well, uh, really appreciate you guys coming on. Just know, you know, every other game of the season, we'll be rooting for you guys. Uh, maybe we can get you guys back on when basketball season comes around. But if people want to hear more, see more from you, where can they find y'all? Uh, if you want to hear, if you want to check out some of our content, we have a Twitter, KTXT underscore sports. You can also check out our main Twitter at, at the Raider 881. Um, same handle on Instagram as well. And yeah, ktxt.org too. If you want to check out some articles and things that we've done on there. 
uh, Facebook as well. We live stream three and out on our Facebook. That's Wednesdays, four to five. And then, of course, the stream is on there uh, afterwards. So that's where we do that sports show. And 88.1 KTXT to Raider on uh, the TuneIn app or Apple Music through the TuneIn app. So all that's there for y'all. If y'all if y'all are interested in uh, wondering what's going on here in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah, make sure to check out the Raider if you're looking for some Texas Tech sports content. Now, we, me and John usually end our show by saying cats by 90, but I think, you uh, know, since we can all unite together against a common enemy, we've alluded at this earlier. I think we should end this segment alliance. with a big horns down. As yeah. always, everybody, horns, horns down. down. Hey. Thanks so much to Nathan, Colin, and Christian, all from 88.1, the Raider, for helping us preview Texas Tech. Uh, we don't have time to go around the Big 12 or look at Wildcat headlines. We'll do that on uh, the next episode of our pod coming out on Monday. John, let's hear your keys to victory for this K-State-Texas Tech game, 11 a.m. ESPN Plus tomorrow. So ultimately, you're going to have to shut down a run. Texas Tech, they do have Sir Roderick Thompson back uh, back this season, but but ultimately – they haven't gotten enough blocking from the offensive line. They're allowing 7.75 tackles for uh, for loss per game, which is ranked worse than the Big 12, 118th in the nation. That is Oof. not good at all. Uh, K-State. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got K-State's defense. They're nearly aver- averaging seven tackles a game. That's third in the Big 12, 29th in the nation. You can't give up any multiplay drives, and you can't give up any more offensive separation than what it needs to be historically against an air raid offense. Yeah, I think to me, looking at the defensive side, John, it's just all about bend but don't break. Uh, Texas Tech is really aggressive on fourth down. So, I mean, I think you know they're going to beat us in the short game, but as long as we don't get any of those big plays over the top, like what happened last week against Oklahoma with Marvin Mims, um, you know, they might go for it on fourth and goal at the five-yard line, and that's a stop we can easily get with their defense. I'm, I'm really confident confident in that so I think if we can get stops like that you know win the penalty battle win the turnover battle we'll be in a really 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 good shape especially in the defensive end for sure and then when you look at the offense um, it's ultimately getting a run game going early Texas Tech they're going to do their best to try and pin down Deuce Vaughn um, they they did their they did their part for most mostly uh, against Texas with Bijan Robinson uh, you already mentioned him off punt Texas Tech um Ultimately won the game thanks to that big defensive stop right there. Well, turnover. Um, so I'd say ultimately get the run game early. I mean, get the run game early. Make sure Texas Tech is not expecting any any uh, any any too e- too many easy calls. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing uh, putting K State's defense out against the likes of Tulane and Oklahoma, in which Oklahoma was uh, had its worst one of its worst days offensively. But K-State's defense could wear down uh, against an explosive offense like Texas Tech if the offense doesn't do their part. I was just going to mention, I mean, Texas Tech averages 84 plays a game, which is like more. I mean, 83 plays K-State had last week was one of the most plays we've had in like a decade. So, I mean, you know, our depth is going to be super important, John. Guys like VJ Payne, Gavin Forsha, DeHance, Brandon Mott, all guys like that are really going to get a lot of reps, especially when the guys get tired, and we're going to need them to make a big play. Let's get a score prediction really quick from you, John. All right. I'm going to go K-State. I'm going to go Obviously. 30 31 20. I think ultimately uh it's neck and neck early on, but K-State's going to benefit off a turnover late in the game. They're going to capitalize late as well. I think I think K-State wins by two possessions. Yeah, I'm going to go 38 27. So also 11 points, just a little more high scoring. I'm feeling really good about this game for some reason, John. I'm not really sure Me why. I mean, it's it's for Texas Tech fatigue. Yeah. When, when the last nine <laughs> yeah. was nine, nine, nine out of 10 years. I think so, Ooh, yeah. Man. Yeah, so thank you much for, so much for listening to our K-State portion of the Shake and Blake Show with Blake Crawford and John Grove. Stick around after this break because we'll preview Wamego High School after this quick break. And, John, 
Cats by 90. Cats by 90.